1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2.
2: Our Raspy Woman of the Week is Sarah Roth. Sarah Roth, who is originally from Parkersburg, West Virginia, like your boys, the Raspy Voice Kids. She now lives down in Charleston, South Carolina, or Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. She represents the Low Country Mountaineers. She is the leader of the Low Country Mountaineers, the president, Uh, Whatever the title actually is She's doing so much down there So many good things She was anonymously nominated To be recognized this week As the Raspberry Woman of the Week for the RVK So props to Sarah Roth If you want to learn more about her Which you do, because she's that great Check out Jeremy's that is J.N. Fiend's blog, the RVK blog. It will have all the details about Sarah Roth. Congratulations, Sarah, on not only on being the Raspy Woman of the Week, but on winning the Raspy Woman's Prize Pack presented by the Book Exchange. The Book Exchange, that is the place to go when you want to get your gear. Represent
1: WVU. This is Eric Martin from the West Virginia men's basketball team, and you're listening to the Raspy Boys Kids.
2: pop culture. I was waiting for you to do it, Jay. You didn't do it. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I missed my timing. I missed my timing. Pop, 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 pop. pop. All right, here we go. Today is a special pop culture. We're talking about rejection. What kind of rejection are we talking about, Jay? We ain't talking about the Kembe Tumbo. We ain't talking
0: about Sackabaka Block Day. Yeah, I know it's so cheesy, but I say it every time. <laughs> We're talking about re- uh, rejection, and not even in relationships. I'm just talking about <clears throat> from the
2: opposite sex. Have you ever been rejected? I have. I mean, I'm. And, and, uh, any person who says they've never been rejected is lying. You've been rejected. One way or another, at some level or another, you've been rejected.
0: Nah, it comes with the territory. M to the always said, like, don't don't uh, sweat rejection because it happens. I remember everyone. I remember you telling me when I was young. He's like, look, there are girls who are just not going to like you no matter what you do or say or how much swag you got or how you play it. Just because you're you. So it happens. It happens to everybody.
2: Well, Eden Dranger, Dranger, Dranger at Eden underscore eats. She decided to start a thread that I was intrigued by. What was your harshest rejection? She says, I'll go first. One time, a super charming guy I had a crush on took me out to dinner a few times, invited me to a swanky gala. Is it gala or gala? Mm, We'll go gala. We'll go gala. Swanky gala had me over for Thanksgiving and then introduced me to his buddy as a girl I wish was my sister. Jeremy, can you imagine girl i wish she was my
0: sister the thing that gets me
2: about it the thing that gets me about it is it wasn't like one date he took her on multiple occasions getting her hopes up meaning she went she talked to her friends about this she talked to her family about this and then he got to his buddy after thanksgiving and said i wish she was my sister in front of her I wish you were my sister. What in the
0: world? Can you imagine being in that situation, in that moment, and hearing "I wish"? Look, what she should have did is be like, "Yeah, this is like my brother." All right, but what's your name, Mia? Like she should immediately flipped this, start talking to homeboy. She okay? probably.
2: You're right. You're right. But you know, she was too stunned in the moment. The rejection was too. The sting was too great. The sting was too great. It's so it's so funny. I'm
0: sure, like ten minutes later, she was getting chips and dip, and he walked over like, "What's wrong?
2: What's wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing, 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 nothing. We cool, we cool, we cool, we cool. <laughs> this other one, this guy named Pester Clark says, "My fiance bought a house without telling me, so I took that as a subtle hint." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I moved in with my this next person says I moved in with my boyfriend of ten years who I lived. Two out who lived two hours away from my hometown. He got engaged to another woman from Virginia while we were still in a relationship and living together. We were house hunting and the home we fell in love with is the home he purchased for his wife. Oh my goodness.
0: Now see, I'm sorry with that. I feel like you missed some signs. There A were lot signs, of
2: signs, a lot was of signs. signs.
0: There were some, I'm at work late. Um, there were some, you know, protecting his phone. So you couldn't see it. Uh, I, I feel like she missed a lot of signs. That that wasn't out of nowhere. That wasn't a, oh, this is my sister. This was a, you chose to be blind to what was going on. You ready to tell your rejection stories? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell my rejection stories. I mean, like I said, everybody has them, so don't be surprised. Um <laughs> Here's the blessings and maledictions of having good looking brothers. You know, shout out to M Tuda and B Fiend, man. M R-I-P. Look, son, when, when you're the youngest, sometimes it, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. All right, I'll tell you one story. There was this one little shouty, little honey dip. She was straight up fly. No, no question about it. And you and Mike were really good friends with her. We were at this house party in Athens. Shout out to Amanda Castrup. And uh we were at Amanda Kastrup's house. So I'd finally worked on my courage. I'm like 15 years old. I'm a, I think she was like 17. Hey, let's slow dance. We go to slow dance. Uh, she said yes. She didn't reject me on that. But I promise, Brandon, I don't know what was going on. I know I didn't smell. I knew I took a shower. I know my armpits were smelling good. My breath was fresh. I always keep that winter fresh. The whole dance, Brandon, I swear to goodness. She, and I know, I know you know this story. She backed up like, like away from me as if I smelled the entire dance. Like we're holding hands and like we're like dancing and she's leaning back the entire time. That's not Fat like Joe, lean back. Don't no, I'm lean telling back. you. I was so irritated. I'm telling like for me, look, I feel like just like what Jay-Z said, you're not feeling me fine. It'll cost you nothing. Pay me no mind. But no, you decided you wanted to dance. So now we're dancing, and you I don't know what kind of statement you was trying to make, but you were leaning back and trying to embarrass me. No, you, you ain't gonna embarrass me in front of the first and second shift. Be for real.
2: No, that's a good one. That was rough.
0: And I know you know who I'm talking about. Oh, Mal-Pow. Oh, Mal-Pow. And (laughs) pow And I I saw her like six years later after she was married at her husband's house or her husband's parents' house. uh, Huge house. Getting chilly. And she tried to talk to me me like, oh, hey, Jeremy. So I did the mature thing and straight up ignored her and walked around six years later. I got her back, son. Did you really? Did you really get her back? I felt good about myself. She
2: was like, hey, okay. Jeremy,
0: how are you? I looked at her like, <laughs> and kept on walking. <laughs> and she knew. She knew what she had done. So instead of trying to apologize, she was trying to be all sweet. Nah, I I don't want to deal with apologies, son.
2: Yeah, the main thing she knew is she won, okay? <laughs> she the one. She won the whole thing. Embarrassed me in front of my friends. It's so uh, funny, man. Rejection happens to everybody. Tell us your best rejection stories. Tweet at us, tell us what's no, you no, hear No, 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 I got another one I got another one
0: And this was almost, this was This was worse, we were at The Brock's house in Lancaster Pool party time Me and M. Tutta M. Tutta saw this girl who's cute he, She was my age, once again I'm like 15 or 16 Mike, I can tell, is trying to put me on And I keep looking at him like, stop it Look, trust me, if I want to talk to her I'll holler at her Quit trying to sit here, like, force the issue of, like, get me in. I understand you have the best intentions, but stop it. This is how it ended, Brandon. And I know you know the story, but I'm going to tell it again. We're in the kitchen. Everybody else went out to the pool. It's me. I'm going to call her out. Danina. It's me, Danina, and Mike. And Emtilda says to Danina, so, do you think he's cute? Nodding to me. I was so mad at the moment. But I was even more mad when I heard her response. She said, "No, but I think you are." I swear to God, if you'd have seen Mike's face, <laughs> he was talking to Mike. She said, "No," talking about me, but I think you are talking to Mike. Mike's face, like his mouth fell open. Like,
2: Jeremy, I didn't mean. Be- no, but that's did she not- I- know you could hear her? We were
1: right there. <laughs> it was all three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was sitting there, I was so mad. I wasn't mad at her. Look, you're not feeling me. Like I said, that's how it goes. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I was so mad at Mike because I looked at him and I said, I told you to stop. I told you to stop. He just kept going.
2: <sighs> hey, man, rejection is a tough pill to swallow. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. But for the rest of us, if you guys have any stories of rejection, share them with us via anchor message. Or you can uh, DM us, you can tweet at us, you can text us, you can hit us on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Tell us your favorite stories, your best stories of rejection, whether they're yours or somebody that you know. Get at your boys, RVK. Rat me, boys! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice, kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code RASPYVOICE, R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code RASPYVOICE at SeatGeek. Download the app. Get to saving now. The Raspy Voice kids will be in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina at the Charleston Sports Pub watching the West Virginia University Mountaineers take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Be there because the Low Country Ears will be there and the RVK will be there and it's going to be a party. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be food specials. There's going to be drink specials. It's going to be a blast. Don't miss it. Check it out. Party starts at 2.30. Game starts at 3.30. This is Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J N Fiend Phoenix, and today the quintessential businessman and the international world traveler, Mr. Jim Ashley. Jim, how
1: are you today? What's up, guys? It's been a while. I'm doing all right. How are you guys?
0: It's been a while. What up, Jim? This is J N Fiend. Love to have you back on the show. Here we are.
2: Ready to go. Glad to be back. Today we are talking Texas Tech football because Texas Tech put a whipping on West Virginia, 38-17. to 17. It was not pretty in any aspect unless you liked the second half, and by then it wasn't worth watching, really. I stayed the entire game because I don't leave, but it was not acceptable to watch it, to be honest. Uh,
1: Jim, Jim, do you leave games? Um, do I leave games? No, I don't. Not unless not less my guests insist on leaving. Even then, I tell them, wait for me in the parking lot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't figure Jim was the kind of guy who leaves games. He just struck me as the kind of guy who doesn't. I love people who say they don't leave games. I mean, Brandon, you just said it too.
0: I, for the most part, don't leave games. The Louisville game, I did not leave. If there's a chance for us to win, I don't leave games. But if it's out of hand, <laughs> <laughs> Look, might as well look, i I live hours from Morgantown. I'm gonna get in my car and drive in the warmth home and I can listen to all the other stuff that's going on. For the most part. If it's out of hand, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna be honest.
1: The only thing Nobody to me should be shamed for leaving games early this year though.
2: Yeah, I agree. The only thing about leaving early to me though is with traffic, you might as well stay. Not if you get out early enough. So what I'm saying is if it's a
0: three-score game going in the fourth quarter, I'll stay. If it's a four-score four score game with five minutes left what's i mean you know what's gonna happen i mean i love my boys i love singing well you can't sing country roads in the loss but sometimes
2: just you know sometimes you just gotta leave i'm gonna be honest with you how did you what did you take away from the game on saturday jim
1: uh well the climb was a lot higher than i thought it was gonna be um it seemed like that we left our defense down in Waco, Texas from the last game. Um, I mean, our receivers, I mean, they shouldn't have to stop and turn around to catch any of the balls or anything. Um, seems like our running game is still – well, we're still waiting on a running game. and I don't know. It's just that this is going to be – I knew it was going to be a brutal season, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad.
2: At this rate, we're not even going to break 1,000 yards rushing for the season. For the entire team. Not for one player. For the entire team, we're not even going to reach 1,000 yards rushing at this pace. Now, I want to speak on something that you said already, talking about leaving the defense down there in Waco. I said to a friend during the game, I think it was clear that the defense, especially the defensive line, had been reading the press clippings a little bit too much. And they got way too comfortable thinking that they were way better than what they really are. Now, that's not to say they're not good, because they are good. But they're not good enough to just walk in, take over, and walk out. But is it possible, and I thought about this afterwards, is it possible? We talk about trap
0: games. Baylor has big games for the rest of the year. West Virginia was their trap game. West Virginia was their week off. So they didn't take it as seriously as they should have. They didn't play as hard as they could have. And our defense showed up ready to play the number 12 ranked team in the country. And that's the reason why we excelled. Now we're coming on, playing a game against Texas Tech where they're ready for us, and they're actually, you know what I mean? Like, there's times when we're a good team, and we play teams that aren't as good as us the week before, and we don't play up to standard
2: because, you know, I it's hard to get you. 18, 19, 20-year-olds ready. I would agree with you, except we held them to three points um, in the second half. They didn't score basically after the midway point through the Bail? second quarter. No, Texas uh, Tech. Okay. We what, We beat them 7-3 no, in the second I mean, it's half. That's true, that's true. So it doesn't mean that we just couldn't handle them. We're not good. We are good. We just weren't ready to play. But you say three Neil points. Brown's they, they, were up, they were up so much, it's kind of run out
0: the clock of the second
2: half. I day. agree. but Vic, I can hear what you're saying, but Vic Coning said it. He's like, you know how Rocky Balboa had the eye of the tiger? We did not have the eye of the tiger. I mean, I, think, nope. I find that a big problem when you're three and how much? No,
0: I, I agree. And, and you don't have the eye of but the Jeremy, tiger because you,
2: you didn't even win the game. That's a team that's not used to winning. That's a team that doesn't have a winning culture. Yeah, Those are all things go. all things Neil Brown is trying to change. There's a long way way to go. That's what that's what Jim said. Jim said climbs a lot higher than he thought how, it would
0: be. Because how in the world do you get overconfident or feeling yourself in a game that you don't even win and, and you have more lost L's than W's on the year? I agree. I'm talking
2: just in general. I just that that's that's tough. And that's for me. a culture coaching problem and culture gets changed by your upperclassmen so the guy the young guys now are going to be the guys who lead the way and making sure that we don't do that ever again the other
0: thing is these these this defense i, I think it's both on coaching and players because you go down the red well, zone yeah and and you score four touchdowns almost out of four attempts or it was something outrageous like that they they had a high percentage in the red zone of scoring touchdowns I don't think that's just the players. I also think that's coaching. I feel like we got out-coached. I watched Baylor, I mean, excuse me, Texas Tech, walk down the field, get in our red zone, and do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted, however they
2: wanted. I agree. But they scored outside the red zone, too. I mean, let's not act like they only have in, one. In, out, round of it. Done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jim, what did you? What do you think? <laughs>
1: Oh, we're talking offense now. Um, (laughs) Well, I was obviously one of the loudest ones in the stadium when Jarrett Daigie came in. And let me just repeat that. His last name is pronounced Daigie. Not Dodge, not Doge, but Daigie. He looked good, yes, but it was against Texas Tech secondary playing to prevent defense. If he gets any real time next week, we'll know. But I was one of the loudest cheering when daggy came in. Um, his passes seemed to have had some zip on him. And as far as Austin Kendall goes, you can tell he just lost his confidence based on his body language. But then again, he was the one throwing ducks. So I just – at this I mean, point, also, anything – go ahead.
0: No, I'm saying Austin Kendall is who he is. Like I think everybody's on the fact that he can't throw the deep ball. Slants and outs, man, the dude has zip. He moves um, to create more time. He's thrown good passes, pretty passes. Um, he threw one mm-hmm. pass that was a perfect deep pass. But the problem is he's not consistent when it comes to throwing deep passes. And I won't even say uh, he's less consistent in throwing deep passes. And everybody said it a million times. If we had a receiver, if we had a quarterback, and, and maybe we're spoiled by Will Greer, but the truth is, we had three
2: touchdowns with our guys streaking deep. If you'd have hit him in stride, it's a touchdown. Yep. Sam James had 14 catches for 223 yards, was the Big 12 newcomer of the more. week, and he had five drops. And not only did he have five drops, but he had, I believe, at least two passes that were underthrown where he got tackled that would have been touchdowns. So we're looking at a guy who probably would have had 300 yards if the game would have gone the way it should have gone, um, barring you know the mistakes that we're talking about.
0: I call Sam James Autumn, and the reason why I call, call him Autumn it's because just like fall, he is, he's filled with all the different colors, the greats, the beautiful, the lows, it's all mixed in there. Sometimes you see flashes that are so, I mean, the dude had over 200 yards catching. It's amazing. And then on the flip side, you see the other color of the spectrum where he has all these drops, and he should add way more. Like, the dude is so talented. The dude... Lights it up and he's fast, but you can't trust him to catch the ball. And yet he still has over two hundred yards catching. And yet he still has five drops. The dude is on him. He's all over the place.
2: That's uh, that's a good assessment. I like that. I like that analogy. Neil Brown said on wide say receiver you, Sam James.
1: You want to to some poem there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Neil Brown says about wide receiver Sam James. I coach him harder than anyone on our team. I think he's at this point. Our best player on offense. He overcame negative plays for the first time in his career. I have huge expectations for him. And he should. He's a redshirt freshman. You know,
0: I, I like him. I, and, you know, the expectations should grow and, and he can get better hands. And I believe in the trust. I believe in the climb. And I believe in Neil Brown. But Neil Brown also said Kennedy McCoy is
2: is, is sitting on a big season. Yeah, sitting on a big, big season before the year. That was a nice catch he made on that. On that. I or thought or I was going to like, put him receiver. When I saw him make that catch, I was thinking, put him at receiver. He can hold on to the ball. Here's, here's what Neil Brown had to say about the quarterback situation since uh, Jim touched on it. He said, we've got issues on offense, but our quarterback play hasn't been tremendous. But it hasn't been the reason why we struggled either. As the areas we've got to get fixed, that's not number one on the list. I like – well, what do you think about that statement,
1: Jim? Well, I think – I think he, he pretty much at the nail on the head. I mean, it's like you said, If there, Ethan, I wish our only situation was a quarterback. That'd be an easy fix. It's not an easy fix. Like I said, there's not much of an O-line to talk about. We're not going to hit 1,000 yards rushing this season, which is obviously a rarity in Mountaineer football history. But this is just one of those years where Neil Brown's trying to work with what he has. What he has is not much. So...
2: Who do we thank for that?
1: Um, Hollywood Holgerson.
2: Yep. So that's where we are right now. Um, I do like, like I said, I like that the defense came on and figured it out in the second half. Vic Coning made his adjustments, which is one of my favorite things about him and any coach is a coach that can make adjustments. I like that they were able to do Mm -hmm. that. Can we talk about the post-game comments
0: of Neil Brown? I feel like they were very strong and they were directly to Mountaineer Nation. Which comments? All of them. Think about the post-game conference, Jim. Did you have any special feelings when you heard those comments that Neil Brown made after the L?
1: Well, yeah, it basically. he basically, That was basically, I mean, I don't want to call him long-winded, but the, he basically took the phoenix route and telling us to be patient, great things are going to come.
2: Yep, I agree. Speaking, Just speaking of going back to what we were talking about with the rushing and you were talking about the rushing, Jeff Ruff tweeted, if WVU finishes the last three games averaging its current 75.8 yards rushing per game, it will finish the year with 909 yards rushing. The The next lowest rushing yard average in program history is 2,199 yards in 1990. That's crazy. This is absolutely bananas. So wow. a lot's got to be wow. fixed. One thing that will help is if we can sign Wyatt Millen – Wyatt Millem, is that his name, from Spring Valley, offensive lineman, four-star kid, who also happens to throw 90 miles per hour on the mound. It would be awesome if we could do that. Um, he's got us in his top five – top six. Um, So it would be nice if we can get that kid
0: in-house. Let me just say this one thing. The post-game press conference when Neil Brown – because there's a lot of times where you have coaches speak and people say the same things – and I kind of roll my eyes sometimes. Not roll my eyes on Neil Brown. I roll my eyes at coaches in general who, you know, there's certain things you have to say. And, and if things aren't going right, there's certain things you have to say. So I listened to his post-game press conference. Um, not really enthused or, you know, like super entertained by everything. And I'm listening to him, Brandon. And I was never so pumped up when I heard him say, we're going to build a, a program that matches our fans, he had appreciation for the way we showed up. Which fans? The Twitter fans or the Facebook fans? The ones who showed up at the stadium. <laughs> the I'm, ones who showed up I'm at the stadium. Kidding. The reason why this is so big is because it made me start thinking about the other coach that was here, Dana Hogerson. How he always pushed us to show up, but I don't really feel like he gave us the love for doing that. Matter of fact, we didn't have fan day. We didn't have a spring game last year. Now Neil Brown is here and he's acknowledging that we're he's not there the squad is not playing the way that we need them to play, but he's showing us love for showing up and showing out. So when he said, "We are going to build a program that matches the fans that we have." I know our fans. We're rabid. We're we're, we're rugged, oh, excuse me, rabid. Rabid. We're rugged, we're pumped up. We're ready for all things Mountaineers. We're ready to take on the country amen we burn couches so when he says we're gonna build a program that matches our fans and is true and is genuine and there's an appreciation for us showing up to a team that is not giving us what we're spending our time and money to see honestly brandon that, that made an impact on me that i didn't think
2: it would and i was like okay let's go and he needed to do that because it was getting it's hard to it's really hard to watch Someone made the comment it's hard to listen to our why we hate. They said it's True. hard to listen to why we hate and then watch us get curbed. Yeah, it's hard to do. Do you understand why how hard? Hate. Do you understand how hard it is to do why we hate anything at this point? Why we hate anything besides trusting the clock? <laughs> <laughs> why we hate anything but minding our own piss? <laughs> because it's and every week we gotta find new reasons to hate some team that we know is probably going to beat us. And it's, it's hard. This is hard out here in these streets. So for Neil Brown to show some acknowledgement to us, to give us some love, it was good. Not us specifically, but fans in general. Because I can look at our numbers. People listen a lot more to our show when we're winning. They watch our videos a lot more when we're winning. When we're losing, fans lose interest. Fans don't show up to games. Fans leave early. So for fans to be there, 56,000 of them in the cold, yep. that's a big deal. And I'm glad Neil Brown acknowledged it. I thought for a second he was going to chastise the fans for booing Kendall and for cheering Deggie, but um, he didn't. Instead, he just did what a real coach does. And I'm going to be honest, Jim. I'm going to be honest. Deggie threw some nice passes, but we don't know what
0: Deggie is. We want to see what Deggie has. We want to see what, what he does I, in the real like game. His, I like these, I, what I like was his body language. I'm just saying I'm saying body language body language. Look, I've said that about a million uh, backup quarterbacks who come into the game who don't have the pressure or film on them. So, so we all preach Deggy. We all say, hey, Trey Lowe. And don't get me wrong. I want to see it too because our offense isn't producing anything on offense. So I don't want to see the change. But I'm just saying for those people who are putting so much pre- uh, money in stock, like if you could put stock in the Deggy right now, those people who are yelling would not be or should not be putting stock in the Deggy. Hopefully he is the man. Hopefully Trey Lowe or whoever comes next, Garrett Green or whoever it is, comes in and blows it up. But I'm just saying there's not enough of a sample product against a real
2: team team In a game that matters, to really, really know. No, I agree. I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you, Deggy's going to fix all the problems. I just know Austin Kendall will not. It's true. Good point. That's all. That's all I'm saying. What do you think, Jim?
1: Well, like I said, quarterback's not the only issue. I mean, like I said, the O line's got to help protect yep. the quarterback, and pass don't protect, have much. Pass, pass running, protection's dude. been
2: pretty good. The O line's only been the only struggle the offensive line has had, which is a huge struggle, is running. Pass protection's been pretty good, to be
1: honest. That is true. I think I think Coach did mention that.
2: That's that's what it is, though. Well,
1: that's it for this it's segment. We got, oh, go ahead. We got three games left. We got okay. Here's the thing: we got um, three games left. We got one more home game left on the twenty third. You got to show up for our seniors. That's just the bottom line. You got to show up for our seniors. Cheer loud. Let's try to spoil Oklahoma State season. Um, Manhattan, Kansas ain't gonna be easy next week, but let's get, let's just spoil some seasons. Well, I mean, our season it could be considered over, but let's just spoil the seasons at Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and TCU. Let's do something. Let's get let's build on something for next year. Yep. True.
0: True. True. Uh be honest, I'm more concerned with basketball, but yeah <laughs> i feel what you're saying
1: Here's Always a question at one team to the north this Friday that's right, that's
0: coming up on the show. Let me ask you one question though Jim, as a fan of mountaineer of the of the mountaineers and we're we're talking about Mountaineer nation, do you want and brandon this is to you too Do you want West Virginia to win the next three games and go to a garbage bowl, or do you want them to lose one and not have to worry about spending your vacation from work?
2: going to a bowl game in the middle of nowhere that doesn't matter i want them to go to the bowl game because the extra practices for all the kids that are playing they play 21 freshmen and sophomore nine juniors That's 30 of the 42 players that they played and they need every extra practice they can get if we're going to really get to where we want to go i 100% want them to win i don't care if they're playing in the potato sack stained underwear bowl okay i don't care i'll <laughs> tell you right now i don't care what it is I don't care if it's the I don't care if it's the Jim Ashley I sent gummies to somebody funny bowl. I don't care what no, bowl no, it but is. everybody would be there, okay?
0: The Jim Jim Ashley Australia bowl. Yes. That I mean, I would c- be
1: that would be fun, but yes, I do want them to go to a bowl because all that practice time will mean something and I have a feeling this head coach will exhaust all this practice time unlike our last coach.
2: Yeah, that was bad last year, but we're not going to dwell on that. In fact, we're going to wrap up this segment. Jim, another good showing. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Mr. Jim Ashley. We thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. Boys.
2: The Raspy Voice! The Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get Swill. Responsibly, of course. We also want to give a big shout, a big thank you to our partner and sponsor, Astor Auto of Charleston. The man with the plan is Mr. Jamie Spears. When you want to ride in elegance, luxury, and style, they're the ones to see. They'll treat you right, and you'll be driving better. Make sure you tell them that the RVK sent you. You want the dopest gear out? You want to look fresh while rocking the Mountaineer brands? The best thing to do is go to bookexchangewv.com. That's where you get the flyest apparel. The Book Exchange is going to hook you up for listening to the RVK. Use code R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, RASPY VOICE. Code RASPY VOICE when you go to bookexchangewv.com to get the flyest Mountaineer gear and souvenirs. All right, it's time to talk basketball. The The season kicked off with WVU winning at Akron by 10 points. We were ten and a half point favorites, I believe, eleven point favorites, so we did not cover, but we did get the win. That's all that matters, Jeremy. What did you take away from the game? The basketball game,
0: man. All right, so let's let's get to the negatives first because they're so quick. Um defense, defense, defense. That's the main thing. We didn't we uh, obviously we gave up a lot of points. Um for for college. For West Virginia. We gave up a lot of points for West Virginia. Um, but I will also say our offense, man, watching them boys play. We have so many people who can score the rock this year. I was pumped. I was excited. I told you at the end of the first half I, I sent out a tweet saying I almost got a little emotional to see this team. I haven't seen a West Virginia team this potent on offense in a really long time, and that's without McNeil, number 22, the dude who scored like 50 points in college a few times, over 40, like six times, really going off or hitting that outside shot. There's so many people who can handle the rock, who can take it to the cup, but not that just can, but that want to. I look at Haley. I look at Matthews. I look at McBride. These guys want to take over a game. They want to have the ball in their hand. That's the thing with Culver. In the post, I was impressed with him being able – And granted, he's left-handed, but to go left and to really control the post. But for me, what I was more um, impressed with was how many guys look like they were ready – If called upon to be that man, the scorer, the dude, to be in the moment, there's so many dudes on this team who look like they can
2: do it and get it done. Granted, it's one game, but I'm I'm super pumped to watch him play. Via Josh Witt from Unreasonable Doubt, Jermaine Haley was the most efficient player on offense, with Deuce McBride being the most efficient player on defense who actually played um, more than five minutes. Uh, Deuce McBride with 11 points, I think he had six assists. Really play ball, especially important since Jordan McCabe only played nine minutes. What did you make of Oscar Sweeway and Jordan McBride, Jordan McCabe not getting to play? I mean, it is what it is. Like uh, Huggins came out at the end and said,
0: "Look, we got this guy to rebound. He wasn't rebounding. We got this guy to pass. He wasn't passing." Um, I think McBride. I mean, I think uh, uh, McCabe. Jordan McCabe, um, is going to have some of his moment minutes stolen by McBride because he's so athletic and explosive. So no matter what, I think that he's going to be splitting some of his time, but he can have a huge effect on this team, um, adding to depth and adding to people who aren't scared of the moment. Um, Sheepway on the other hand, he's young, man. He got a little bit of foul trouble, maybe a little overhyped, um, whatever it may be. I don't think anybody's questioning what his future is here at West Virginia. And, you know, he didn't play that many minutes because he had too many fouls, but I expect him to be a big part of this
2: team you know, in the future. Yeah, no question. McDonald's All-American. You could see it. He didn't perform as well as he could have. He took some shots that Bobby Huggins didn't like, but I didn't mind. I didn't mind him taking that, that little mid-range shot at the top of the key, not far from the free throw line. I don't mind that shot. He's going to knock that shot down. But I understand why Huggy doesn't like it because Huggy doesn't you know, like it.
0: <laughs> you know what I loved watching the guards? Sometimes you feel like it's a three-pointer or it's a layup. And yet these guards settled for what the defense gave them, meaning they drove past their man and then pulled up for the Allen Houston mid-range jump shot. It wasn't one, two, or three of them. They were all doing it, hitting that mid-range jump shot. Also, free throws. We were hitting our free throws. <laughs> it's not one of the things we come out and say, hey, we got to do this and we're going to win close games. No, we shot free throws very well. I was just impressed because you can tell these guys got in the gym during the s- summer and, and put up shots, and they all collectively work
2: their butt off to get better. Without question, to me, the guy who showed it the most was Emmett Matthews Jr. I mean, I know a lot of guys were in the gym, but Emmett Matthews Jr., to me, showed the most improvement out of all the guys. He might be our best player on the team this, right now. Yeah, I mean, Harler, and here's the thing what I love about Harler. Harler's
0: not the best player on the team. Nobody's going to say he's the best or most athletic player on the team. But he feels like a leader. From his defensive standpoint, um, he's on the court because I feel like the guys listen to him and they fall in line. They also fall in line with um, his worth et- ethic. It's not just by what he says. It's by what he does. I feel like he's the leader of the squad without being the best player.
2: Emotionally.
0: Yes. And I agree with that, too. Um, the one Harder- thing. Go ahead. The one, thing, the one thing I will say is the thing that I noticed that was lacking, and obviously when you have somebody like Sagabob back there, the years past where you just funnel him in and let him reject shots, is I didn't feel like we had a real rim protector. And there's a couple guys who got a couple blocks, but you're, you're not scared to go in the paint like you were in prior years because Sags is not there.
2: I think Shubway can, can assume that role, not to the extent that Sags did because Sags had just a knack for it. Sacks has something you can't teach. Timing. You can't teach timing. You just have it or you don't. But Sweepway has the physical ability to block shots in a way that Culver and Route don't. So we just have to wait and see if he can develop. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. But right now, it's on to the backyard brawl. Beat pit. Friday night at 7 o'clock. At the Pete. West Virginia goes in to make... Pit eat doo-doo. Rat me boys. We love our man Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. Want to give a big shout out to Astorg Auto, the leader in luxury automobiles and in service in the entire state of West Virginia. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan, down there at Astork Auto of Charleston. When you get there, tell them the raspy voice kids sent you. Hey, West Virginia! Hail West Virginia! Hail this is Brandon Hail Phoenix, aka I also hate Pit, joined by. J.N. Fing Phoenix, I'm in the Belgium. We're here to talk to you about why we hate. But today it's a little different. We got a double. Why we hate Kansas State, as lo- along with why we hate, why we hate. Now listen, it's been a long, arduous season. We started out with some hope. The hope got dashed quickly by Missouri, but then we got some resurgence of hope when we beat North Carolina State. And then it's been downhill pretty much all, ever since. After beating Kansas, we've lost four in a row. The climb doesn't feel so great, but we still trust it. It's really hard to come in here and do these why we hate. No, we're going to get this taste slapped out of our mouth this Saturday that's coming. Jeremy, how do you feel?
0: Man, I hate Kansas State for so many reasons. The fact that they're so mediocre. The fact that they're so lukewarm. I, I look at Kansas State, and what do you think of Kansas State when you say Kansas State? Nothing. Not Pur- basketball, not football, not baseball. Purple they're just Kansas. Medi- they're, they're mediocre. They're Dan Snyders. They got they got Darren Sproles. First person anybody ever remembers from you, Darren Sproles. You know how many years that it was ago? I'm telling you, like Kansas State, they're the same team. They're going to be the bottom of the top 25. They're not really going to do much. Not basketball, not football, not baseball. They're just there, I don't know, just to be there. Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder, Snyder, your old coach isn't walking back through that door. I know his son is there now, but really, what kind of hope? What kind of expectations?
2: His do son's you really- not there. I thought his son was coaching now. No, Bill Snyder, his the ghost of Bill Snyder, even though he's still alive, embodies that whole building, but it's not him.
0: I'm just saying, like, I, I just what do you think of uh, uh Kansas State? Nothing. Nobody thinks of anything because all you have ever had was
2: Darren Sproles. All I ever think is Datwin. <laughs> remember Datwin? Was he was he Kansas City? I thought it was Texas A&M. Oh, maybe he was Texas A&M. Remember, remember him playing, it, <laughs> remember <laughs> it playing against Texas A&M in Morgan, a bowl oh, game? I was going to say Morgan Freeman? No, Josh Freeman? <laughs> Optimus yeah, Josh, Klein?
0: You know, that's what I'm talking about. But I hate this why we hate, because as much as we talk trash about uh, the Wildcats, as much as we talk about how we beat you and last year we made it look good, man, I already know what Saturday's going to be. I Look, I trust the Climb, but the Climb is not here this year. And I hope we don't end up with egg on our face, but so many times this year we have. It's rough. It's a rough year to do why we hate. We do hate Kansas State, but I also hate doing this. Because I know it, it could end up very, very likely with another L.
2: Jeff Ruff said it's hard to listen to why we hate. No, we're going to get curb stomped come Saturday. And listen, Jeff, we feel your pain. You think it's hard to listen to? Imagine having to do it every week. This is hard, man. This is rough. Even when we're talking about Purple, Kansas, you call yourself little, the Little Apple. The Little apples, what they call themselves, Jeremy. The Little Apple, nothing. Manhattan, Kansas is Nothing. It's worse than, well, I don't know if it's worse than Lubbock, Texas, but it's as bad, about as bad as Lubbock, Texas. It's in the middle of nowhere. No one cares. It's nothing. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But you know what? This is your turn.
0: You're up. You're in the Big Twelve. Actually, you know what? I feel like if anybody wanted to list the schools in the Big Twelve, Kansas State is a team that you would forget. To be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. That's the team you would forget. Kansas. Oh,
2: that's right. Kansas State's in there. Why? Because they don't matter. And anything. They're just there. Just like Chris Kleiman, the coach from North Dakota State. He's perfect for the program, but nobody knows who he is. You couldn't even remember who he was. Yep. That's what it is. There's nothing else to go. This is it. This is all we got. Okay, guys? You want to make fun? That's it. We're done.
0: Podcast Network. 18 plus.